Welcome, bienvenue to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is a show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we are developing that help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. team have to do to get a title vacated gamble on it gamble on it for sure that's that's the high end so i'm trying to figure out what else what like where is the line is it exclusively gambling on it like how much would your team have to coordinate it be cheating for a title to be vacated wow i think i think part of this is it's the the crime related to when it's caught if it's caught the day after like someone finds the receipts from the team doctors and sees like the amount of test synthetic testosterone and um anabolic steroids and um just performance enhancing drugs were used i think that it could be vacated. It could be vacated like on on the spot, Halloween day. <laughs> if it's if you've started the next year's cycle, I think it's too late. Okay. And that cycle really starts with the winter meetings. So, yeah. If it came out right now that the Nationals did what the Astros did, and the Astros didn't have a history of being um, duplicitous. I think that they, they it it would be very baseball to pull the title from them. That's really vacate the title for the year. I don't think that they would give it to the the losing. No, team. I I don't think. I mean, it's like it's like an NCAA type thing. But I was struck by this part, like this part of an ESPN article on it. The maximum penalty that's been handed out is a two million dollar fine and the loss of two 2017 draft picks. There's a big gap between that low-level fine and title vacating. I mean, I'm just saying that like it seems like the MLB is going to err on the side of under-punishment in all cases, and that I guess they shouldn't really be surprised when things like this keep happening. But, Michael, it's, call, it's, see, it's called an error curve for a reason. <laughs> That's an interesting statement. Oh, I like that. You know, the amount of error that you have to what the penalty is. Okay. So you're saying we're on the very low part of the curve, but like a little Mm -hmm. bit more and we can just shoot up. If penalty is a function of, um, penalty is a function of the veracity, Hmm. I don't know, of the crime, then it's probably an error function. You know, I, I think that's the MLB has to do that, though. They only have to give like slaps on the wrist and like full bands. All right, let's talk about another sport for a second. The Vikings are officially just blood pressure rise inducing again. And you wanted Kirk Cousins. Uh, uh, yeah, I did. Yep. 
I did. After seeing Teddy yep. Bridgewater in New Orleans. Okay. I didn't think we should get rid of all of our quarterbacks simultaneously to get Kirk Cousins. That You had three quarterbacks. That's I like I was not on board with that. I didn't think we should get rid of everybody. But that you had said, three quarterbacks on your team that were better than the bottom ten percent of quarterbacks starting quarterbacks. Yes. Maybe even maybe the top t- then better than the bottom twenty percent of quarterbacks starting in a given yes, because they, NFL they year. All got they all got starter level gigs, at least on you know, on paper in some way. That said, none of them Keenum. None of them happened. <laughs> so you know. You know. I mean you know, it's, we got it now. Is what's his face out of the NFL yet? Which one? Oklahoma boy. Which one? Bradford. Oklahoma boy. I believe. Which? Sam Bradford. I believe Brad Bradford. Bradford. I want to say Stratford, and I was like, no, that's not him. <laughs> Bradford. Yeah. I I believe so. I just want to bring this up because I am entering an emotional part of the NFL season for me. This is this is usually it. Yeah. No, I think you're very. It's very much, well, this is a lead up to the emotional part, but usually you decide somewhere around Thanksgiving, yeah. like I'm invested, I'm not invested. Yep. And I guess at this point you're going to be eight and four. Yeah. At worst. Yeah. No, so I'm, you're going to be invested. No, I'm invested. It's over. It's over. This week on the pod, we are going to look at some plots that we're going to put in the Sloan project. In the first half, we'll talk about correlation plots testing out some new visualizations. And in the second half, we'll talk about how we're going to try to display some of the projections. So here we go. All right, Eric, three plots for you today in both halves, integrating over both halves. All right. New visualizations here. We These were specifically requested last week, spent some time on them, made the raw plots, beefed them up a little bit. We saw a couple drafts already. So this isn't exactly the rawest form of these but they're not done mm-hmm. okay there's a lot of informative stuff here we so what we made is corner plots and i i think we'll share these in in some way for now just so people can think about them and what it is is it's the correlation of all of the statistics that we're interested in tracking for clustering the idea is that we want some sort of visualization tool that shows us how the clusters work. Right. Let's start with pitching because I think it's easier to see the continuum of clusters in pitching. And this actually gets to some of our other philosophical debates about how to cluster people. On pitching, we were using we're using five, but I I have the correlations here for for six things. We've got um, innings pitched, total batters faced, hits, home runs, earned runs, strikeouts. What a corner plot does. Oh, yeah, you snuck home runs by me. We cluster on home runs, buddy. No, I know you snuck it by me. <laughs> okay. All right. We'll talk about that in a second. So I guess this is I guess this is also a methodology review for some of us, but what we, we don't cluster on total batters faced, but I, I brought I brought that in yeah. for, for funds. It helps. So what you have here is you you round robin these and you take and you plot each one of these against the other one. And then you end up with, yeah. with a corner plot because you have, um, you have N minus one squared divided by two <laughs> plots. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. 
that's what we got. <laughs> yeah, right? No, exactly. So um, are there any on here that you want to talk about? Oh, and I, oh, I should say that I also put, I also um, fit lines to these and plotted the correlation coefficients so we can, yes. we can have a sense of, all right, how, how informative is clustering on these two? And I'm basically saying that because if the, if it's a tight correlation, then you're getting a lot of utility out of dividing those two on a cluster. But if it's a loose correlation, I think kind of all hell breaks loose. Quick note. Yeah. I don't think that you need to add the, I don't think you need to add the R squared values in there. Why? Well, I know. I think that the line is great. Uh-huh. I don't think that you actually need to put the R squared in there. Okay. And s- done a different way, what you could do, this is a corner plot, right? Mm-hmm. Why don't we fill out the other corner with those R squared values as a lookup? It's an interesting proposal. Because I've found that it's really hard to read. It's really hard to read these, and it's going to be hours of your time to get it into white space. Um. And I was wondering, and I was thinking about ways that you could display this, both of these at the same time. And I was thinking, why not have the graph on one corner and then have the R squared values on the other corner? If we want to even have them. That's an interesting proposal. I, yeah, I mean, it's, there's a good question of what we're going to do with the R squared values. Anyways, this is really va- valuable, and I forgot to jump to that. And you have because you have these colored by, colored by the cluster, That's right? right? It's a little bit hard to tell because the yellow bleeds into the green, builds into the sienna, builds into the blue, into the purple. So the question to me is whether some of these visualizations are worth including, worth wrestling with how to include them. So we have we have the one that we just talked about that's all of the that's all of the clusters simultaneously, but you can't see the individual clusters. The other thing that we can do is look at just an individual cluster. Uh, but then you lose all of the context. So I don't, and you can't look at all the clusters because that's 12 figures. <laughs> so I'm not sure what to do. No, I think that, I think that the general idea is right, is portrayed in these that show the color gradient. Okay. I think that that's fine. <laughs> it shows you, you know, the darker areas. What's funny is that it doesn't, well, it also shows you that, like those speedsters aren't really are still within a you know within a group. Mm, so you're you're looking at the hitting side now. Yeah. So the hitting side we have we have a bonus. We, we the hitting side there's actually seven categories here because it's yeah uh, we're, we're really really going for it. But um, uh, stolen bases is wild, right? <laughs> On this. The thing that I was actually surprised by is how there's low correlation with home runs and plate appearances at bats and hits. There's a lot more noise in that. Home runs yeah. to batting average to at bats. Plate appearances hits. at bats and hits. Yeah, so batting average. Um, I mean, the relationship between hits and plate appearances is, is incredibly tight. Mm-hmm. I also, I guess I have, I have a normalized version of this too that that helps um, that helps see some of the some of some of the relationships a little bit more clearly. Let me give you that. RBIs to hits. 
yeah, runs to hits. So, so huge. But then you start to see, like, that purple cluster mm. spread out across that runs to hit. Yeah, and actually, I think some of these, aren't. some of what I really like is that in the clusters, you can see that you can, in the hitting clusters, you can see that one some of the clusters run along the line, but above it. <laughs> you can really see mm-hmm. the relationship. And that is less true for the pitching, which is interesting because it tells me that pitching is actually pretty cut and dried. Yeah, no, I mean, it is pretty clear. I mean, there's you have much more of a, like, blob. Yeah. In a lot of these corner diagrams, like um, the strikeouts to home runs, it's kind of a blob. Well, I guess the strikeouts to earned runs is a. I mean, it's a blob, but it's like that's super interesting to me. That's super interesting to me that strikeouts to home runs is a blob. Instead of it being like a direct relationship, yeah. But basically, in on the pitching, but this is a pitcher thing. I know. No, when I talk about the yeah. The pitchers, which is guys that have high strikeouts, but uh, but also have relatively high ERAs for their quality. That's right. This is why you can find it's pitchers. But the clustering, just visually, this shows you that on pitching, the clustering is always along the primary axis. Like it's the color coding is always following the fit line. It's orthogonal. It's orthogonal to the fit line. But when you for everything except for really when it's wins related, right. and we don't cluster on wins anyway, so right. it does. So that's interesting. But that tells you that tells you why it's so hard to forecast. Why we wins. don't <laughs> exactly. But then you go to the batting side, and they're not as clearly orthogonal. This normalized plot that I just the normalized version of the plot that I just dropped in here. Some of them. Some of them go with the correlation. Some of them go against the correlation. Some of them, like home runs to at-bats, there's no clear correlation. The clusters are really kind of distinct. Yep. And that I find that to be really interesting because if you had if you'd asked me before making these which of the hitting or pitching I trusted the clustering more on or thought it was more straightforward, I would have said, oh, it's way more straightforward to do hitting. I think that's great, though. You've given me... A lot of plots to try to insert in here to then try to use, and then I can, using the Agile method, come back to you and say, hey, this sucks because it doesn't show this or that okay. that I want it to. All right, to. I'll, I'll be ready for that. I'll mentally steal myself. Cloy. Glut. The Mike and Eric Thoris, <laughs> a word that I cannot pronounce. We could we could life. do worse. We could do worse on that. Because we're so dedicated to our Sloan project, it's time for two birds, one stone. Okay. I had to look up all the guys that we reviewed over the course of the season so that we don't repeat ourselves. <laughs> we don't get into debates about did we review this guy? Yep. Uh, and so. Now we're going to use that sample to try and prototype another figure that we need, which is how to display the projections for individual players. Yeah, okay. So I have a, I have a test figure for you here. And what I did was I took all of our, all the guys that we reviewed in 2019 so far, which is 39, 
mm-hmm. and I projected their 2020 values, and I threw them on a runs versus home runs plot. Then I gave ourselves two other data axes. The color corresponds to the number of hits, and the size of the symbol corresponds to the number of stolen bases. So we've basically tried to cover everything. <laughs> the only thing we don't have is RBIs. We know that's pretty degenerate with home runs. So I thought if we're going to skip out on one of the five, that's it. That's the one. That's my theory. And it's, all, yes, that between runs and home runs, yeah, we get RBIs. Okay. Okay. Opinion time. And, yeah. wait, and discuss. What was the color coding you said? Color coding, yeah, it's, it's hits, but it's norm- everyone's normalized to 600 plate appearances here. So, yes, you are seeing... Uh, you're seeing batting average effectively. Uh, oh, the most is yellow. The most is yellow. Yellow D to purple. Gordon. How uh, meaningful those hits are is not a part of our analysis. Oh, I did not do that. Yes, that that is very true. <laughs> All right. Let's see. I mean, I like this. I it would take me a little while to determine how to read it. But it's really clear that most of these fall within the similar distribution, right? I kind of like that. <laughs> in terms of the guys that we reviewed, it's clear that there that there's a normal track and a track that's like, hmm, what's going on with these guys? Wait, these are on our projections. Oh, yes. And the answer right. to what's going on with these guys is that their track record is not very long. Because the guys that we're having a hard time forecasting, ready for some blast for the past names... Tommy Edmond, Brian Reynolds, Willie Calhoun, Victor Robles, and Alex Verdugo. Okay. And those what do are, they all yeah, have in common? <laughs> no they don't have three seasons right. of data. Yeah. Whereas Christian Yelich, we're like 130. Yes, please sign us up. But uh, you look at that distribution. Yeah. On the on the because we don't know what to make of home runs. We don't know what to make of Christian Yelich. I mean, this is the perennial Christian Yelich discussion. Like, can he possibly hit that many home runs? Like, have you seen his peripherals? They don't seem to support it. And the right. cluster picks the clustering is you know is is sensitive to that, based on who else it puts in that cluster. Like, oh, hold on, this these are not ratios that somebody should have. Well, <laughs> so. I guess I'm showing this to you not to critique the numbers because that critique can happen probably next week, but more to think about what might be clever ways for us to visualize our projections. I think, I, I mean, I would, I would like to see this for, well, so we're only um, giving the error bars on two dimensions, well, right? Well, yeah, how do I put an error bar on color? Yeah, Eric. <laughs> Ugh. No, I, I would. I am all about thinking about that. Did I put the note here? Yes. How does one put error on colors? Mm. Transparency. <laughs> uh, yeah. Shades, shading from the inside out. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah. How filled? Well, you could. Do we have? Do you think that it's valuable to do all of them, or do you think if we just did Eddie Rosario on this? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I think I think we need a couple. I think that if we could identify, um, if we could identify trends in players, like we could or identify a trend in the data in some way. I mean, we sort of we're sort of seeing a trend in this data. If we could identify a trend and then strategically pick players along the trend, 
Ah, okay, to display them. And, yeah. like, only list their names, maybe do grayscale of everything and colored versions of of the players or, like, a, a backdrop. Well, maybe it's just one from each cluster. Could just do one from each cluster. That's definitely... Maybe the set, maybe the stereotype of each cluster. Hmm. Nah, maybe not, because then we get into confusing stuff. Why Why is a catcher... Why are there three catchers? <laughs> Yeah, I well, I'm still gonna work on that because I really don't want three catchers to be our <laughs> stated stereotypes. Even though mathematically that's what it wants. I don't know. I'm 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 really I'm really wrestling with with how to display how to display our projections in not a table of projections. I mean, we're gonna have a table of projections, obviously. Right, your error bars that you have in one of them. Are pretty good. The distributions, I think they tell a story. They do tell a story. It's helpful. This is a problem: is that we have a whole lot of tangential. This describes part of the story, but nothing that describes. There's no one figure for us to like. Hey, this would be the center of a postcard. Agreed. I. I mean. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think we we need some snappy way to visualize our projections. And that's what I'm hunting for. I made this. I think it's better than nothing. I don't like it that much. Okay. I mean, this is this is always a challenge in data science. How do you visualize errors? I mean, this is what this is what we're wrestling with right now because our whole the crux of the whole project is is like, look at us. We have errors. <laughs> and and we'll show them. <laughs> yeah, and we'll show them. I think that about brings us to the review session. Reese Davies. I mean. <laughs> Hoskins. Wow. Wow. Good good name to hear. Okay. Let's do let's do sort of the tail of the tape here. Reese Hoskins, uh he's twenty six years old. Older than I thought. Agreed. He does a does a first base outfield sort of sort of thing here. Do you know that he was only on a one year contract, so he needs a new contract? <sighs> that that strike that strikes a memory that I didn't realize uh I might have had. Um I don't know. I don't know to think about that. All right, sorry. He might not be in. He might not be in Philadelphia. Sorry, details here. What you're trying to say. Uh, played 160 games, 705 plate appearances. There it is. That's remarkable. There we go. That's what we like. 29 to see. home runs, 86 runs, 225, 85 pounds. RBIs, and a 226 average. Oof. And we didn't review him. Before. We did not review him before. Is he a reason that the Phillies didn't do well this year? Yes. I agree. Okay. All right. Next. We're done. <laughs> Review over. <laughs> is he underperforming where they think he should be, or is he just not really a part of a championship team? He's he's not a 700 plate appearance yes. guy. Are there? What are the positive things to say about Reese Hoskins? Big guy. <laughs> Is that a yeah, I mean, sure, he's listed at six four two twenty five he's gotta be bigger than that, gotta be heavier. he's a big guy, um well, let's see, his splits say he's better at home. I don't feel like that's surprising. He is a wash day or night, good to know, <laughs> and he got worse over the course of the season, oh, really. That's not good. Um, last fifteen days, 
he batted 87. Well, I don't think that's, I mean, I don't think that's really going to do too much to him. Well, listen, listen, this is his batting average over the course of the year. 333 in March, six at bat, so who cares? 276 in April, 276 in May, 226 in June, 244 in July, 161 in August, 170 in September. Holy cow. Okay, so his so his 2017 and 2018 averages are 259 and 246 respectively. So oh man, but with an end of a season it, is he out of shape? Is he just tired out? Maybe. Big boy hitting the Twinkies on the road. <laughs> that okay. I I'm really glad that we're doing this deep dive because the number the numbers that you look at don't tell the full story. Now, I mean, no, the full season numbers tell you a story, which is sort of like, oh, is this guy Adam Dunn? Hmm, is what yeah. you say to yourself when you look at his full season numbers, and it's like, if he becomes an Adam Dunn. You know, that's not the end of the world. If he was to take that 364 OBP and get that up to 400 yeah. with a 220 um, average, you know, I think the Phillies would take that. <laughs> and if you knock that no, number of home runs back up to 35, yeah, I mean, that's But useful. he's got to be more efficient. He can't do it from, what is he? Is he basically always batting first? How did he get to 75? How did he get to 705 <sighs> plate appearances? I don't know. He we'll batted four. Four, four, uh, one, two, three, four, but mostly four. Yeah. Okay, that makes it even more ridiculous. Okay, he batted cleanup straight up until mid-June, presumably, when he started being terrible. And because he started being terrible, they rewarded him with a move to second. <laughs> then they moved him back to four. Wow. And then when he's doing very terribly again in August, they moved him back up to second, then to first, and then to fourth. Okay, all right. No wonder Gabe Kapler was fired. (laughs) I mean, you can't, you can't put this dude, you can't put this dude first and second. You just is that what Philly fans have been saying? I don't know. No, I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm looking at this and looking at his numbers, and I'm telling you, you can't bat Hoskins first or second. No, I mean, is that one of the things that? Gabe Kapler has come under fire from um, Philly fans. Is there his use of Reese Hoskins? Well, I mean, he, he's fired, right? <laughs> he's on a different team now. So, if he has a bounce back, I mean, I think the team gets significantly better. If you're having 700 plate appearances and you're, you know, most of the year not being good, the teams. I, and in all seriousness, the teams. Um playoff chances were tied to when he was good they were in it true. when he was no, not it's, it's, they were out that's really true no you're you're very you're very right about that okay so i don't think we're quite ready to you know full-on call reese hoskins the bellwether for philadelphia's success but he certainly can't be this bad that many plate appearances and have philadelphia do well fuck it what are you saying we're not going to of course right. we are Wildly watch, speculate. Watch Reese Hoskins for all your Phillies updates. You don't have to watch anything else, just Reese Hoskins. That'll tell you how the Phillies are. If doing. you want to know whether they're going to make the playoffs, just follow him through the, to the All-Star break. All right, who are we doing next week? We got to do Mike Trout. He came up so many times, and then I didn't pick him. <laughs> sure, let's do Trout. Let's just go through all the players that we have from you know one to whatever number we get to. 
let's just go through them. Okay. On the ESPN Player Raider for 2019. You got it. So Mike Trout. Mike Trout would be number one, yep. right? All right, let's do it. Time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Fantasy Tools, Mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, Mind the Z. All I've got left is worst of luck to you, buddy. Worst of luck to you, too.